Welcome to the Crypto Campfire. Half man and half dog. They're their own best friend, Mitch and the Professor. Featuring special guest, David Schwartz. May the Schwartz be with you. Hey guys, welcome back to another episode of the Crypto Campfire Podcast. This is the Professor. And Mitch. Today we're talking with David Schwartz, the project director at the Litecoin Foundation. So before we start talking to David, let's grab a look at the crypto news from the Crypto Gent. Thanks, Professor. Hello, Crypto Campfire listeners, and welcome to the cryptocurrency news in a flash with a Crypto Gent. Bitcoin has 85% of its total supply in circulation as of the 1st of August. A crypto collectibles game called NBA Top Shot is set to be released in early 2020. Head over to Crypto Twitter and find out the Crypto Gent and giving away 500 BTT. That's the cryptocurrency news in a flash with the Crypto Gent. Enjoy the show with David Schwartz. Back to you, Professor. Thanks a lot, Crypto Gent. So what a week already, and it's only Wednesday. <laughs> right. The news just keeps coming, doesn't it? Oh man, it's just it's amazing. It's amazing. It is absolutely crazy how how things just evolve like over a day's period of time it's, it's insane it's absolutely insane. oh yeah it's great and twitter keeps it busy too oh my goodness twitter's <laughs> just been blowing up today i'm thinking do these people work is everybody like just independently wealthy and they don't have to work anymore i mean god <laughs> i just think their bosses aren't very good friends with them right now <laughs> right <laughs> sitting on their ass at work tweeting all day <laughs> yeah, yeah, exactly. So yeah, I've seen true. your tweet you put out about the uh, the contest. Yeah, yeah, the the drawing contest. That's going pretty yeah. well. There's a there's a few entries already. Uh, money money threw down. We've got cat jumped in. Ben's that. dad jumped in. We got yep. we got pineapples. I mean, yeah, it's great. <laughs> it was fun. I can't wait to see what other people throw out there. We're gonna we're gonna give out some swag. If you guys haven't seen that, head over to the Crypto Campfire Twitter page. There's a, it's a bright orange picture. You can't miss it with a superhero lemon. So if you draw a picture of your answer to this question, which is if you could transform any food into a superhero, which would it be and what would you name it? So draw a picture of your food superhero. Stick figures are welcome because like I said in the tweet, we can't draw either. And uh, just post it in the comments on the on the tweet. And uh, at the end of the week, we will give out some swag. We'll we'll message some of the people that have submitted and, and got the most likes and give out some cool crypto campfire stuff. Check it out. Heck yeah, that'll be awesome. That'll be so much fun. So, David, let's talk. How you been, sir? <laughs> Good. How are you guys doing? Fabulous. Fabulous. So... I've I've really been interested in actually talking to you. I, it's I've seen you on Twitter, and I know you're uh, you're a project director for Litecoin Foundation. Um, yeah. And so you know, being that I almost feel attached pretty well with the Litecoin family at this point. Um, you know, especially for like the Midwest adoption team portion of it. Uh, really excited mm -hmm. to hear hear some more from you. Yeah, thanks for having me on. I really appreciate it. I know you guys, uh, from our conversations before, you've been packing in the guests, so I'm honored to be on. Oh, it's good to have you on the show, man. Heck yeah. <laughs> so tell us about yourself. When did, you, uh, when did you get into crypto? Yeah, yeah. So I got into crypto around uh, September of 17. Um, I, was, uh, I, was, I was in between houses with my family, so we had sold 
uh, our house, and we were looking for another one, so we were staying with uh, staying with my parents for a little while and um, scouting out places. And, and my wife and I have been talking about how to sort of either diversify or, or take some of our, our money out of um, the stocks that I had. I've been doing a lot of uh, dividend-type stocks, so I can make a, a little bit of an extra um, cushion in our in our budget every month. So um, I'm usually a fairly risk averse type of uh, person. But I was I was reading an article about Bitcoin. I found it interesting. So then I just kind of Googled um, where can you buy Bitcoin, and that led me to Coinbase. And so then I ended up just purchasing a, a small bit, you know, kind of dipping my toe into it, and then. Um, of course, after you know, like getting signed up, which was the the hardest part. After getting signed up, then you realize there's a whole lot more out there than just yeah, Bitcoin, good, bad, and and whatever. But um, right, started just kind of reading around and and uh, picked up on on Litecoin and and realized uh, that I thought that was a pretty amazing project in and of itself. And I'm one of those people who uh, I mean, you can have a really great company project whatever but if you're if you're sh you're just a flat out schmuck then i'm probably not going to want anything to do with you <laughs> or your company so uh it, i was pretty impressed i was pretty impressed with litecoin and and just the demeanor of of charlie and and um the people that i had encountered um on social media so um just following charlie and the litecoin um community on social media i realized uh this was something that i could that i could get behind not knowing as much about the technicals obviously as i do now but i i find a lot of value in how people conduct themselves and what their intentions are and so on and and just having you know read up on a lot of companies before investing in them i could kind of see what crypto projects were you know they had a lot of fluff to them or you know, not, not a lot of substance or there was something just off, right? So I really tried to, to limit what I was um, going to put any more money into. And I just started loading loading up on Litecoin and, uh, and some Bitcoin and just kind of went from there. So, you know, I, I did my own thing for about three months until uh, <laughs> we had that beautiful little crash in December of 17. And then I tried figuring out, well, what in the world is going on here? Because a lot of people didn't seem to be too shaken by it. And I was like, how can you not be shaken by the fact that this just dropped like over $200? <laughs> right. You know, uh, like at one point, it was one evening, it dropped like 200 and something dollars, right? Yeah, there was like this flash crash to like 100 bucks. And I was sitting there at my kitchen table. I'm just like, oh, my God, how am I going to explain this to my wife? Right. Right. <laughs> and... <laughs> And people, uh, there were people online. It was just like all of the leaders of different areas within crypto were all silent. It was like it didn't matter, right? And I was like, "What is? Why is this different?" Right? And so I just kept studying, and I realized these people had been around for a while, and it was very normal. I hadn't seen the trajectory of of like Bitcoin. You know, um, when you zoom out, and you can see how the trajectory is, and it goes through these ebbs mm -hmm. and flows, and everything. And I just realized after a while that some of the people I was following, they really just didn't know what the world they were talking about. And then I started uh, kind of changing how I focused on the money aspect of it and started looking more into the technicals. And over time, you realize 
there's not a lot to fret about when you realize what kind of technology this is and what it's going to do for our world. And so um, at some point I realized I could also make a difference. I think at Twitter, Twitter at the time of January 7, uh, of 18, I only had like 22 followers, and they were mostly people that I knew. <laughs> and so one time, <laughs> my, wife, my wife and I were up in uh, up in up north in a cabin, and we were getting ready to leave. And I was like, you know, there's got to be some way I can kind of support this, even if it's just on social media. So I just came up with the idea of, uh, hey, how about we try and like ping Spotify and see if uh, they would, you know, accept. Litecoin for payments or whatever, and and that seemed to hit a chord with uh, people out there. And I know Zinzi liked it, and a few others, and it just kind of exploded. And next thing cool. I know, I had like two thousand likes and two thousand retweets, and I was like, "What in the world happened?" And so that <laughs> that, done that gone showed viral. me, yeah, it was really weird. So that showed me that it doesn't matter who you are, or where you're from, or even how much experience or knowledge you have in something, you have you can have an effect. And so. Yeah, so at some point I was able to convince Charlie to let me onto the the Litecoin Foundation Slack, and the rest is history. That's awesome. Well, it's really cool to see that you got your start with the Litecoin Foundation because they saw you out there trying to to focus on adoption, just mm-hmm. straight up. Yeah. You know, we, let's let's get it so we can use this. Let's talk to Spotify. Let's see if they'll accept Litecoin. I mean, that's what we got to do, right? Mm-hmm. We got to be out there talking to people and not just. Not just companies to accept it, but you know, like like you're doing this every day, getting new people uh, wallet set up with wallets and explaining to them what it is, or or even just telling them that it even exists. You know, it's it's all part of the daily thing that we got to get into the routine of doing. And as as we do that, then more people will come into the space, and and the more people in the space, the more we can develop it. What's your favorite method to introduce new people into crypto? Like, what what way have you found is not necessarily the most effective, but most exciting or most enjoyable for you? Um, I think it would have to be, usually, I, you know, I'll end up having to talk to somebody for a little while and you find out what's important to them. So for some people, it's the financial part of it. You know, they're all about investing. Another person, it might be, because at this point, it's still speculative, right? So, I mean, there's a, there's a, a big opportunity for people who, we're looking to make some money off of the speculation of these. Um, so you mm-hmm. can always introduce them that way. And honestly, the majority of people, at least in the space, probably came in that way anyway. I don't know of too many who came in simply because of the technology, unless they were completely wowed by something. Um, Not very many, for so, sure. Yeah, so there's the financial aspect, then there's the, um, the technical aspect. And so it depends on who you're talking to. You could end up finding a guy who's really into coding or uh, IT or something along the computer lines. Uh, and so you're able to speak that language with them. And then there's the personal aspect where uh, perhaps you, you're talking to somebody who has family uh, who live overseas. Or <clears throat> or they're looking to do something for their children or whatever, right? And they have some additional uh, cash to spend or you find somebody uh, I've, I've run into people like at a gas station where they for whatever reason they're having a problem paying for something with their debit card or their credit card and it's a perfect opportunity to talk opportunity to talk to them so you're talking about either financial technical or personal and so I just sort of pick from one of those three depending on how my experience with the person has gone to that point and those conversions work a heck of a lot better than me just coming up and doing like a like a a cold sell on somebody, right? 
You, know, oh, you yeah. look for that moment. You look for that moment where they can have an aha moment based off of right. an experience they've just had or that they told you about. And it makes it more personal. Right. That's and you're starting a real conversation too, rather than just, you know, in their opinion, the first thing they're going to think otherwise is you're trying to sell them something. And so yeah. you've got to start by convincing them first off that you're not trying to sell them anything before you yeah. can even get into the meat of it. So yeah, it's uh that, that would be a little bit more convenient just having that opportunity to, to spark that conversation to begin with. Yeah. And working for the, uh, working for the foundation now, it's a, it's a nice segue. Sometimes when people ask me what I do for a living, I tell them, well, my job is I'm an HR director for the state of Wisconsin, but my passion is this. And then they go, well, what is this? They've never heard of cryptocurrency. And I'll be like, have you heard of Bitcoin? And it just goes from there. Right. That way they, they initiated the conversation, not me. And so they're more open to it as well. Oh, that's a good take. And the fact that I'm differentiating between a job and my passion, then they want to know why it's such a passion. And then I can introduce them to all the different perspectives. So that being said, in, in what ways can we improve the quality and availability of crypto education? What do you see that we can do? I mean, like we're, we're out there on the forefront, you know, spreading adoption as best we can. But what do you see we could do to improve the quality of that experience? Well, I think there's different things you can do. I think one of them is going to be we're going to have to go and reach out into places where we get out of our, our crypto echo chain, chamber, you know, so um, go to oh, I don't know, conferences and uh, places where there's things related to businesses. Um, like I know, at least in here in the Madison area in Wisconsin, they have, uh, they have a coliseum where they'll have like a business, uh, you know, business expos or whatever. And so a bunch of businesses come there and they talk about all types of different technical aspects of business. And they have booths, they have sponsors, whatever else. Um, for me, that would be a perfect place to go and just, you know, I buy a ticket to, to that expo when I walk around and I just start talking to different businesses. I ask them things about their business first, and then I start talking to them about that, how they can save money, you know, cause most of the time it's a bottom line thing for businesses. That's why they're in business to begin with. So if they start, um, you know, showing ways that, uh, that you can improve your bottom line, I can go, well, I can, I can show you a way where you can cut like 60% of your transaction costs with just using something other than what you're using right now, you know, and then that, that piques their interest. Sure. So getting out of your, getting out of your comfort zone and getting away from congratulating each other and, you know, talking to each other up and all those things are good but they're not where everybody's at. And so we need to stop we need to stop thinking about how somebody outside even in like if you talk about crypto twitter you're literally talking about people who are on an instrument and they're talking to each other. Nobody else unless they have a lot of followers that are outside of crypto they're going to hear what they're talking about. So once again, that's that echo chamber effect. And when I, when you go to conferences, crypto conferences, you're not going to see anybody there hardly. That's not like fully invested in crypto itself. It's always almost the same speakers, kind of the same format, stuff like that. So you have to change that up, you know? Right. So did you, did you by chance catch when we were doing, um, and we, I still try to do it every now and then I'd like to do it more, but we were, actually go on to like a search on Twitter and find what's trending and then just 
hit a random person that has nothing to do with crypto Twitter and ask them, hey, have you ever heard of Bitcoin or have you ever heard of, you know, cryptocurrencies and and try and spark conversation that way. And even if they don't respond, you still planted a seed in one fashion or another. Yeah. Yes. That's that's a that's one way of doing it that you're reaching people who wouldn't. And, you know, just like anything, you're probably going to have 60, 70 percent of them who are going to go, you know, what? I really don't care to to buy what you're selling right now or, you know, talk about it or whatever. But one of the things I found effective was um, and some people think it's dead, but on you know, I use I use LinkedIn. And I realized that um, a lot of business people are are just reading the feed line that they have. And so one of the things that I wanted to do early on uh, at the end of last year, uh, when I got when I actually got hired on as the project director in October, one of the things that I had in mind as a strategy was to get us somewhere entrenched into the sports world, right? So I started um, linking up with as many um, corporate partnership directors, uh, ticket um, directors, vice presidents of, of teams as much as I could. And so, you know, you start linking up with the Dallas Mavericks, the Milwaukee Brewers, the Chicago Bulls, all these different teams. And you don't really talk to them. You just link up with them. And, you know, you start feeding these articles out there and, and so on and so forth. And after a while, you know, they start they start tapping in and asking questions and stuff. And so, so one of the things I realized was when I was feeding these articles out there about Bitcoin or Litecoin or crypto in general, um, you started seeing more and more people either just, you know, giving it a thumbs up, liking it, or making a comment at the bottom. And so when it came time for us to finally make a deal, when we made the deal with the UFC back in December of 2018, after that, that deal was struck, man, the amount of the amount of people within that industry who were contacting me via LinkedIn was just crazy. I had more that way than I did via, via email or anything else. And so it, it, it had worked out perfectly. So they had, over time, seen articles from me, positive news about crypto, so on and so forth, but never really like cold writing them or anything, just being there. Yeah. And then once it hit, yeah, once it hit and it hit to their industry, then they were like, it was very easy for them to get a hold of me because we were already contacted and LinkedIn. Right. And so it was, you know, it, it made it very easy. And that, uh, that just exponentially helped um, my reach to even more people after that. Sure. And I, I see where, what, which team is it now that's uh, accepting Litecoin for payment for the, for the tickets? Yeah, we just had a partnership with the Miami Dolphins. That's it. Yep. Mm -hmm. That's awesome. Yeah. So that, um, yeah, that was great. And once again, after that one broke and the news kind of hit the cycle and went through, and then, of course, we had a new batch of teams and entities who contacted me or other people in the foundation to find out, uh, hey, are you, are you guys willing to do something with us too? Right. No, that's awesome. I, I I can't imagine, you know, the the method in which you did that was genius. I mean, and it wasn't probably as intentional, 
but it just it it just worked, you know, because you're you're just putting that presence of cryptocurrency out there for everybody that's on your LinkedIn to just witness, to just see without any direct contact, and it just gives them the opportunity to look at it and go, huh. And after enough times of seeing it, they're they're gonna raise a question. Okay, so they're either gonna look into it or they're gonna ask you. So what is this? So that's that's yeah. genius. I I really like that that uh, approach. Yeah, it worked out really well. I mean, you can do the same thing on Facebook or any other one. I just happened to pick LinkedIn because I was already on there, and I don't use Facebook. We haven't used it since 2014, but um, it's and on Twitter, it's kind of you can't do that type of a networking there so much. So LinkedIn was perfect for what I was trying to do. Well, I think the more they see us venturing out when i say us i mean all of the community that we're involved with like the litecoin family and clint westwood and you know uh, all of those adopters you know john kim and and johnny litecoin and you know all of these people that are on the front lines of pushing this adoption and you know getting their face out there you know so many people have hid behind this this you know uh i lack of identity on Twitter and, and just hide behind that. And it's like, you know, put yourself out there to get credibility for what you stand for. And I think the more they see us doing it, the more they're going to jump on. Yeah. So those guys, um, I have a lot of respect for them. I know that if I wasn't in the position that I'm in now with the, uh, the foundation, I would be doing exactly what they're doing, but I'm, I'm, uh, fortunate and blessed enough to be, uh, having some additional, um, I don't know what you would reach. call it, but I just because reach. of the yeah reach because of the title and the foundation itself, I'm able to yep. go a little bit further with it. But um, but uh, I know that if if I hadn't if I didn't have that, I'd be doing the same the exact same thing they're doing. But when I was doing it the way they were doing it, um, I realized that no one's no one's giving you anything you have to create whatever that is that you're trying to do and you have to foster it and you have to you know cultivate it and keep perfecting it and just the biggest key is always be just who you are because nobody nobody wants to see a whitewashed vanilla um, completely choreographed planned out person nobody likes that's why john kim and those guys johnny they're so, you know, I mean, they ring true within our community because they're just being themselves, but they're doing it in a way that everybody can relate to, and it's and it's um, it's infection, you know, it just it infects is. you, and you want to do those types of things. And I know people. There's a there's a new guy. His name is uh, uh, Map to Success. He he posted a couple of things, and and uh, he's, you know, I mean he's completely raw and unpolished at this point, but the dude goes out there and he talks to people and he's converting people. Um, Zog, the legend of Zog, he's the same way. The guy, he's sitting in a vehicle with people that he works with. Next thing you know, he's got them on Twitter and people are sending them Litecoin because they just joined the family. And yeah, I can go on and on Rob, all of them. They're, they're just amazing. Rebecca, cat, all of them. And they all yep. stay true to who they are, and that's the part that I love the most is it's not a bunch of people trying to pretend to be somebody they're not. They're just being themselves. And I think that's what makes it makes us all so successful, really. Yeah. Yeah, it's definitely a really cool thing. It's a unique experience to be able to meet people like that. You know, that you, you've become kind of a family 
within the crypto space. It's it's really awesome. Absolutely. I just had a guy. His name's Donovan. He came um, came from a little bit further up north in Wisconsin, and he visited me this past weekend, and uh, had dinner together with him and his girlfriend. And uh, now he's actually going to be going uh, with our family on my son's birthday. He's going to be going with us to um, uh, a medieval fest. So I mean, that's, oh cool. It's like extended family. Yeah, and so I, I know that the people out on the east and the west coast, uh, like coin teams, they do the same thing. They meet up, they do things together. Yeah. Um, it on a regular basis, it's become normal. So. Yeah, that's so awesome. Uh, so I'm going to ask this to both of you guys. Uh, what was the last thing that you bought with crypto? Uh, I bought um, some tires. Really? Nice. And a and a air airline flight. Um, coffee mug. Yeah. One or two things. <laughs> yeah, the tires. The tires really bothered me because as soon as I bought them, it, the price went up. I mean, it was like straight up um, <laughs> crypto, right? I didn't convert it to dollars or anything. So right. I was like, man, right. I could yeah, have yeah. To, waited two days. I could, you know, that's the volatility part of it, right? Waited two right, days, yeah, I could exactly. have saved myself $150. Yeah, but. Yeah. Exactly. And it goes both ways, yeah, right? I bought point. Hot Wings at $14,000, <laughs> so. <laughs> at that point, you just got to say, whatever. Buy some more. <laughs> exactly it's helping the ecosystem it's helping you know the entire reason for why we do it so i don't care it's fine. exactly Absolutely. exactly so me the last thing i bought with crypto was a beer <laughs> so nice at the uh at the new jersey meetup yeah at the new jersey meetup yeah yep yeah. um nice nice actually no well i mean would you consider service because i've paid my chiropractor in, in litecoin that counts as far as I'm concerned. Yeah, absolutely. All right, yeah. So I got my like I got my chiropractor accepting crypto for, for payment. Um and yeah, you know, that's he, huge anyway. He knew nothing of cryptocurrencies other than what I've told him since I've been in. And uh it was so cool when I, you know, was talking to him about it and I said, Would you consider and he goes, Well heck yeah. So we I set him up a wallet and um, you know, he starts he st- he started accepting cryptocurrencies. So now I just got to get him a sign made up for his his front counter that says I take crypto, and uh and give get him some skew co- skew codes. But the you know the issues that I'm struggling with is not having the technical experience to be able to put that together for him, and really knowing who to reach out to to do so. So, but so right now I'm pretty much the only one probably paying him in crypto. But still, uh, so that was that'd be the last thing I purchased. Was an adjustment. Have you talked to John Moore about that? I have Johnny. Johnny was going to actually send me um, uh, like a bunch of information and some other like I don't what would you call it swag for you know being able to help um, yeah spread the word right and and give people something tangible something physical that they can look at touch and feel and see um, I just haven't received it yet so I got to reach out to him again. Um, and see if I can get that from him. But as far as like, I know there's a couple of aspects or a couple of people I could reach out to based on the Litecoin families, you know, my, my connections with the Midwest adoption team, they, somebody told me that there's someone that can make that little flyer up. I think it was J Mac told me about that. So I just have to pursue yeah, that's it a little bit guy. more. Yeah. Yeah. J Mac and J Mac and I, we, we went to uh, the Bronx deli, which uh, accepts cryptocurrency. And we also went to, um, and I don't know if you caught it on Twitter, but him and I went to 
the the uh, session room lounge in Ann Arbor, mm-hmm. and we talked to we interviewed the um, the manager, and we interviewed the one of the barmaids, and you know we did live broadcast from there, and we actually set J Max set the manager up with a wallet, and we gave her some Litecoin, and it was really cool. So we're working on them right now. We we've been blasting them out on tweets saying you know we got to do a meet up there because now that you know the midwest adoption team is really coming together uh we're going to start doing a lot more of that stuff so we're trying to work with them and, and see if we can't get them to really commit and start taking crypto at least for that one event if nothing else um but i think yeah. once they see how the business that they can get and how much how easy it's all going to be then they'll be hooked but it's just getting them to take that first step that's the challenge Sure. Yeah. And I, I love J Mac too, man. He's, uh, I've known him for uh, at least a year now too. So yeah. 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 He's a yeah, cool he's dude. A good he was guy. actually a first guest on our podcast. In fact. Yeah. Yeah. Nice yeah. first guest. Yeah. Yeah. It was, it was yeah, a good choice. Was. Mitch, Mitch made a good perfect. call on that one. <laughs> that was awesome. It was awesome. And it's been, it's been so, an incredible journey since that's, that's for sure. Oh man. The the Jersey sure. meetup was insane. Oh my god. And you know, everybody I met there, all these people, just everybody was so like on the same page and so, you know, warm and welcoming and it was genuine. It wasn't there wasn't any fake stuff going on, you know, so mm-hmm. that was really that was really an experience. St. Louis is uh what Two and a half weeks away ish, two, three weeks. Yeah, away. it's getting close. <laughs> right <laughs> My around daughter's the corner. coming home right next the week. So, a week after she leaves, then it's it's uh, it's happening. You'll <laughs> <laughs> be chasing her out the door with a broom. Get out, I'm going to St. No. Louis. <laughs> <laughs> no, I go a week after she leaves, so I got plenty of time. Yeah, you're but good yeah, to go. It's, it, it's coming quick. It's definitely coming quick. Oh, yeah. So, so David, you can do more push ups than John Kim, huh? I'm going to answer that from a technical perspective. <laughs> so if you're if you're talking about actual push-ups then yeah i probably do more than him if you're talking about whatever he does when he does his uh push-ups yeah then no. exactly <laughs> there's no 90 degree to his elbows there's no complete push i didn't see one out of 100 that he did that was a real i've given him i've given him so that was not gonna count that drill sergeant would have been yeah. going one 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 <laughs> i've given him a hard time about that i i remember when he first started doing that last year that's exactly what i kept telling him was one 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 yeah you gotta break that plane baby yeah in the military i told him i would have stopped him before he got to 10 and told him to go to the back of the line but yep, yep. <laughs> <laughs> oh, uh, that's that's awesome. Awesome. so yeah i mean i don't i don't uh i don't lift or exercise like i used to when i was in the military but i'm still I'm still in fairly decent shape, and so uh, you know, I mean, I can knock out 50. That's not a problem, but um, I don't think I don't think I'm up near where I used to be. So, no, there's no way. So, what what branch of military were you in? Yeah, so I started out in the Air Force. I did three and a half in the Air Force as a, as a policeman, <clears throat> and okay. then um, and then I got out and. Uh, uh, I was out for two and a half years. I was out into the in the private sector, and then uh, my wife and I were talking. She missed Europe, so she's German. So she missed Europe, and I missed uh, you know the camaraderie, and I missed the 
how everything was set up in the military, and you know, it was it was good insurance. And, right. Um, the only thing the only thing was we had two small small boys, and that was part of the reason why I got out the first time. I I just couldn't support um, the wife and the two boys on on what I was getting in the military at the time, and so then. Uh, you know, they were, they were a little bit older and, and so I was able, I was able to get in the army, uh, because the air force wasn't taking any prior service at the time. We were talking like 96, 97. So they were still going through this phase where they were letting people go. Right. And so I'm going to the recruiter and I'm like, Hey, you know, can I get back in? And they're like, sure. If you want to be pararescue or combat control or something. And I was like, nah, I'm, I'm done with that stuff. I want something where I have an office job where I can at least spend some of my holidays and my weekends with my family. Yeah, and there you go. They were like, yeah, and they were like, nah, we can't really do that right now for you. So I went over to the Army guy, and the Army guy was like, what do you want? I go, I want an office job. I want to be in Europe, you know, and X, Y, Z. And he goes, yeah, sure, we can make that happen. <laughs> I was like, that's nice. awesome. So uh, the problem, he goes, the only catch is you got to go back to uh, basic training. You got to do the Army basic training, too, because the Air Force was only like six weeks of basic training at the time, and the Army was eight. Yeah. And so I had, to go through a, I had to go through a second basic training. And so... Nice. Uh, that should have been know, a I, piece of cake. Yeah, I was like the... <laughs> well, it was, actually. I ended, up, uh, I ended up being the soldier of the cycle. I, I was number one out of like 150 um, soldiers uh, for that. Let me guess. Let me guess. You had the best polished boots in the in the unit. My boots were like glass, man. <laughs> oh my god! I had this guy come in, and he was um into my basic, and he was prior Air Force, and this guy taught us how to shine his boots. I mean, we were at the beginning, you know, before we got into boot camp. Yeah, so that really sucked. Uh, getting cut off like that with David. I'm I'm kind of bummed about that well we had eight different times or seven different yes. times we got cut off. but then again this happened uh on sunday, sunday. when we recorded with marvin too we i have uh, a total of 20 24 i think audio files uh that Good i had Lord. edited together for marvin's episode so we're looking for alternative podcast recording software we'll be uh, testing some replacements tonight but uh Right. Sorry, sorry for the uh, audio getting cut off short, but we are scheduling a, a part two with David. Uh, we've got so much more to talk to him about. Yeah, absolutely. He wanted to leave you with a party note to take a look at the website at litecoinsummit.org, presented by the Litecoin Foundation, which just kind of uh, talks to you about the Litecoin Summit, what they've got going on, their agenda, the speakers, sponsors. Um, you can get your tickets there and get registered. That's October 28th through 29th. Uh, at the Cosmopolitan Hotel in Las Vegas. So um, check that out, litecoinsummit.org. Uh, thanks a lot for coming on the show, David. We're looking forward to part two. Absolutely. You know, I was I was going to say, you know, after that, after we were talking about the Black Week, Blockchain Week in Vegas and the Litecoin Summit, you know, how we could potentially um, juggle the two. But I don't know that we can pull that off, but uh, I would really like to go from California and then go roll right into the Litecoin Summit in, in Vegas. Um, I think that'd be sick, but uh, who knows what, that, what that tomorrow's so going to awesome. bring. It would be. Man. It would definitely be, you know, just to be able to Logistics, do both of those. Man. Yeah. it's. I mean, it, 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 it all depends on the timing, really, for me. And hell, if, if it worked, it's too bad it doesn't work out where we just finish one and start another. 
<laughs> while we're right. there, we just fly right over to Vegas and spend a couple oh, days man. there and be done. That would be sick, wouldn't it? That'd be so sweet. Oh yeah. So, you know, uh, it was really frustrating tonight with the whole application thing that we're using. So we're going to definitely be exploring some other alternatives and cause we want to be able to keep you guys posted with all of the, all of the stuff that we have to share. So well, everyone, thanks for thanks for listening today, and thanks for uh, enjoying the podcast. We hope you enjoyed the podcast, anyways. And we've had a lot of positive feedback, guys, and I really appreciate we really appreciate it very much. So um, it's nice to hear the positive feedback. It really is, and this thing is just going so intense and so fast. It, it, the The fire's turning into a wildfire. It, it's it's insane. So, you know, we we got our merch store coming up. We got our website coming out real quick. Um, just big things happening. You know, we got that contest going on this week. So, you know, stay tuned, spread the word, share it with your friends. Make sure you like us on YouTube, you know, uh, subscribe to the channel on YouTube and, and give us your feedback, please. Uh, we really appreciate it. And uh, if you think about it, throw a tip log on the tip on the campfire. It really helps us out. It would really help, you know, fund all these projects that we plan on doing. So thanks again for coming tonight and or today and listening to the podcast. Absolutely. Y'all have a good night. Peace.